0: All right, welcome to Political as Heck, a podcast where we discuss Utah politics and policy. I'm Corey Astor joined by Utah State Senator Todd Weiler. Hey, Corey. Hey, Todd. All right, let's dive in. I think we have some really interesting and fun, at least fun to me, political topics this week. So um, let's start with the Deseret News and the Hinckley Institute uh, came out with a couple of interesting polls. One that evaluates the Republican primary for U.S. Senate and the other sheds some light on the general election and that with the assumption that Mike Lee wins the primary. So let's take these one at a time. First, in uh, the, the first poll was a, a poll of likely Republican voters. That's important because the other one is actually registered voters, which we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, so likely Republican voters and it's not like this was scientific. They just asked, all right, "Do you think you're going to vote?" And if that person said yes, then they asked, "Okay, who would you vote for in the primary?" And this assumes that uh, all of these folks would make it to the primary, but uh, the poll showed that 67, 67 would support Mike Lee, 19% would support Becky Edwards. 6% would support Evan Barlow, a man that I've never heard of in my life.
1: I've never <laughs> heard of him either. I, I don't know how he got 6% because Allie's working really hard for her 4%. So Yeah, and so Allie Isom got 4%. So, Todd, what do you make of these numbers? Well, I think that, um, A, it's not terribly surprising. I, I think the 67% is higher than I would have guessed based on some prior polls, but... We are talking about likely Republican primary voters and the 67% is just a death knell. Let's, let's just um, let's say that was 47% instead of 67%. And then a a challenger would say, well, I've got a chance, but they really don't have a chance because even if it was 47% and you know, Becky Edwards got 30% and Ali Isom got 23% um, or vice versa, then he still wins because you've got, Allie and becky splitting the 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 non mike levo but the 67 percent. so let's say that drops off a little bit let's say you only get 61 percent. it's still th- this race is out of touch uh for a challenger and um let's be honest evan mcmullen he's going to be on the november ballot as an independent right so he doesn't really he does care who wins the primary because he knows it'll be mike lee but um you know, Ali Isom has her signatures, Mike Lee has his signatures, plus Mike's going to rock it at convention in two weeks. But, you know, and Becky's expected to get her signatures. So, um, so out of those Republicans, Becky, Allie, and Mike, and then the, the fourth guy that you mentioned, only one of them can emerge from that primary, so um our november ballot will probably have evan McMullen, mike lee and then kale weston on the democratic side although they're trying to not get him on the ballot but i think he'll be on the ballot and so yeah this is devastating 67 percent uh you know Allie and and becky are both fine people they've both been working very hard but they're basically fighting over that other 33 percent so um, that that's not
0: good news for them yeah i totally agree so it, it does seem a little bit like becky May have kind of kind of consolidated the let's call it the not Mike Lee vote, and I yeah, would. She's at nineteen, right? Yeah, so nineteen percent, and I, I would guess that really captures the Democrats who've registered to vote Republican. Yeah, and I think we've all seen like Becky has very openly encouraged Democrats to register Republican and vote for her to, to oust Lee.
1: Well, and she's also I, get I think getting a lot of her money from Democrats, like in Park City and things.
0: That's a great point, and so to me, that's I don't know. I don't think that's a good look. I think that's, uh, I, I, I'm not uh, super keen on that. But I will say this: I can tell she's obviously enjoying herself on the campaign trail. Maybe, maybe that's the goal. But I mean, McMullen has, and we'll, we'll talk about this in a minute when we talk about the other, the general election poll. But I mean, McMullen has kind of stolen her thunder by he's he's basically running as the logical extension of Becky's campaign. And what I mean by that is like Becky's encouraging Democrats to. Become Republicans, she they can vote in the primary. Uh McMullen's just saying, like, ah, you don't even have to do that. Just vote for me in the general, you know? Yeah. And and then you can even get prominent Democrats to endorse you, which I think we'll we'll talk about in a minute, too. But well, and there's no
1: viable strategy for Becky to be in the general election. The only way she's in the general is if she beats Mike Lee in the primary and he's at sixty-seven and she's at nineteen. So that's Yeah, and it's
0: that's a pretty big gap to close. <laughs> it's it's brutal. And so let me uh let me say a word about uh, Allie. I think her her strategy has been to criticize Lee for obstruction. We know this. I think both her and Becky were doing that, but um and kind of attack him for some of the votes he's taken like not voting yes on the on the omnibus on the funding bills and stuff like that. I wonder what would have happened if she had kind of positioned herself as a conservative alternative to Lee, we'll call it, because I personally don't think she is a moderate in the mold of Becky or McMullen. I do think she's moderate in temperament, but I think probably generally conservative. And it'd just be interesting in a, in, you know, I, a fifth I think dimension she started off there, it.
1: Corey. I think last uh, July, she was trying to say that she was a conservative alternative to Mike Lee, but I don't think she got any traction. There's just yeah, there's so just no that.
0: space to the right of Mike Lee in this state. So. Well, definitely not to the right of him, but yeah. So maybe that's it. Now I certainly don't want to put words in her mouth. She's she's running the campaign that that suits her, but yeah. All right, let's talk about the uh, the other poll. This is for the general election. So the Deseret News Hinkley Institute they asked registered voters. So this in this time we don't know if they're likely to vote or not. Yeah, and it shows that forty three percent were Mike Lee, nineteen percent Evan McMullen, eleven percent Kale Weston, the Democrat and 24% don't know. So that 24%, I, I, I would suspect that uh, many of them will end up not voting most likely. I mean, th- so theoretically, there are enough votes to beat Mike Lee. That's theoretically, because if you if if McMullen's able to take, you know, his his 19% and then add the 24% to that, then then ostensibly, you would have a close race. But as a practical matter, many of those people are not going to vote, I don't think. And certainly majority of them are Republicans in the first place. So if they do end up voting, they're probably likely to come home. But if you're McMullen, maybe you see, okay, I'm within striking distance. He's I would not. say it seems unlikely to me that the 11% that's supporting Cale Weston will move significantly because these are Democrats who have they've likely heard the arguments already from ben, Mc, ben McAdams and Jenny Wilson, and presumably they haven't been swayed or maybe they're Democrats who don't pay attention really. And they'll just simply, you know, kind of pull the lever for the Democrat just as an instinctual uh, matter. But um, so I I guess if I'm McMullen, I'm looking at that, okay, 24% undecided. And I'm trying to figure out how to get them, first of all, how to get him to come out to vote. And then secondly, how to come out to vote for him, you know. And so I, I think this is my last thought. But I think it'd be really interesting to see if Becky Edwards endorses McMullen after the primary, if she, you know, assuming she gets the signatures, I don't think she has any chance to win a convention, but assuming she gets the signatures because she's close. If she loses to Mike Lee in the primary, does she come out and endorse McMullen? I mean, I personally really hope not. I I would find that completely disgraceful. Uh, But I, I wish, and I, I, I encourage some reporter from the Deseret news to follow up on this poll and ask, Becky that question, you know, if she loses the primary, will she endorse the Republican nominee?
1: Yeah, i I, I don't know that she will, but I don't know that she'll um, I don't know why anyone at this point would endorse um, Evan McMullen, certainly any Republican because he's not done anything Republican in the last five years, but <laughs> um, and and I, and I don't say that flippantly. Um, but here's what's interesting is Beckley, Becky Becky, in the poll of registered likely Republican primary voters is at 19%. Uh Evan's at 19%. So I, I think you're seeing that same 19% that Becky's getting without Becky. They, they're swipping, they're sw- swapping Becky for Evan. But more importantly, if you give all 24% of the undecideds to Evan McMullen, then he just ties um yeah. <laughs> Mike Lee at 43%. And of course. He's not going to get all 24% of the undecided. Kale Weston's going to get some. Mike Lee's going to get some. Uh, but more importantly, if, if, I, if you want to play with numbers, if you take Kale Weston's 11% plus uh, Evan McMullen's 19%, that puts you at 30. And in our statewide elections, as I've mentioned on this podcast before, the Democrats usually get about 30% which tells me that Evan McMullen is getting over half of the votes that would have gone to the Democrats, which is exactly why Ben McAdams and Jenny Wilson are trying to get Kale Weston out of the race so that Evan McMullen can get all of the votes that typically go (laughs) to uh, Democrats. And he still would lose to Mike Lee. And so what, I mean, I know Mike Lee's only at 43% and you might say, Oh, there's an opportunity to beat him, but no, as long as Kale Weston's on the ballot, you're going to split that other 53% and it's not really 53% it's probably more like 45% you're going to split that between Evan McMullen and Kale Weston and Mike Lee could win with less than with, with less than 50% um, and so th- this is a th- this is a, a really bad poll for anyone not named Mike Lee running for us
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i get a real i'm getting a real kick though right now out of the utah left wing twitter and this this battle over whether whether you should support Kale Weston or not it is
1: it's a freak show i mean because there's really good arguments on both sides but how sad for the democratic party when you have two of the leading
0: democrats in the state saying don't vote for the democrat let's not even nominate a democrat it's crazy just it's kind of pathetic but I, I, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just one second but the the uh, the last note on this topic i want to say uh so president trump has just endorsed Mike Lee this week. Do you think that has any effect for for good or for that, ill? That may help Becky Mike
1: Edwards a little bit,
0: but it doesn't help Mike Lee. It doesn't That's help Mike Lee because
1: was... all of the Trump people were already in Mike Lee's camp. So
0: yeah, maybe maybe it maybe, maybe it uh, create you know helps turnout for it, for Becky. But...
1: May, yeah. Um, I, I I will tell you, I've been sleeping better at night since that news broke because you know when Trump took that snipe at mike lee a couple of months ago boy i'm like oh i hope these two can make up and i'm just glad that they were able to find a way to make up and <laughs> find a path forward <laughs>
0: so uh, i uh, i sense a little snark there i love it all right next topic um all right so the this i just want to a, a note on the status of signatures So. Uh, I'm going to read this. is. I'm just going to read it straight. And I think I got this from the trib. So I sorry, think I already that. covered
1: it. Becky's close. Allie and Mike are there. So,
0: yeah. So, so uh, Allie Isom has qualified. Mike Lee is qualified. They both have signatures. Becky Edwards is very close. And then in the other races that we didn't mention Blake Moore, he got, he also collected signatures. Um, Tina Cannon uh, has 2000 to go, which seems like a lot for, <laughs> Uh, well, Aaron they only Ryder have a only week, 1, right? 1,
1: I think they have till Friday. So, yeah, she's so that's, probably not, that's she's a lot she's probably to do. going
0: to make it. Jake Hunsaker, who's running against uh, uh, Burgess Owens. He is, he got the signatures that he needed. So he's on the ballot. What's super interesting to me and maybe it shouldn't be, but uh, John Curtis, the third district, he did not collect signatures. I mean, I think he's certainly the favorite to win, but I don't think it's a given that he'll win at convention uh particularly in Utah County. So I I think that is super interesting that he didn't. And I think that um you tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think Chris Stewart did either, although he's probably I mean he's he's in a much better place of course in the convention yeah. um than Yeah,
1: and his opponent is collecting signatures, but I think she's like 5,000 away, isn't she?
0: Yeah. Yeah, she so, so she's so only collected a total of 1300, so.
1: Well, but okay, but she has 1300 verified. Let me explain to you what that means. So if you're running for Congress, you need 7,000 signatures. You have to have 7,000 signatures to turn them in. So Erin Ryder, that means she turned in 7,000 signatures and 5,700 of them were not verified. (laughs) That's what that means. I didn't realize that. that. I mean, I I think she set a new record for the lowest. Oh, that's brutal. I I don't know if she was collecting them in the wrong congressional district. I'm not sure how you do that. Um, but you, you, they don't verify any signatures until you turn in the total number that you need. So Tina Cannon, you said she's 2,000 away. So she's had 13 weeks, almost 12 and a half weeks to collect. And she's only got 5,000. She has literally five days left to get the other 2,000. I don't see how she does that. She was yeah. endorsed by Rob Bishop, um, but, um, and I, I like Rob Bishop, but what we have found in the last three years is his endorsement um, does not pull a lot of votes, and, and <laughs> if
0: you don't believe me, you can talk to Thomas Wright about that. So, who's yeah, also so, uh, to your point? He also former Congressman Bishop. He penned a uh, an op ed supporting Tina Cannon this yeah. past week in the Deseret yeah. News, which uh, was the first that I had heard of it. And so I wondered if it was interesting, and then I, sh- I shot it to you, and you're like, "Oh, he he endorsed her like a in month February, ago. and nobody paid attention." <laughs>
1: So Tina Cannons from Morgan County, like, uh, so most Utahns would have to pull out a map to find Morgan County. But if you, if you head towards Weber County and take a right, you'll run into Morgan County. Uh, So, uh, you know, so she, she just doesn't have a big base of voters. She's never held. I mean, she was a Morgan County commissioner, so she has held office before. Um, But I I don't, I I don't think Blake Moore. um, I mean, you know, there were some big names thinking about running against Blake Moore. Uh, Bob Stevenson, uh, Davis County commissioner who ran against Blake Moore uh, two years ago was was contemplating it. I think there are some people that could have given Blake a run for his money on his first reelection. But I don't think Tina Cannon going to is going to give him much of a threat. Now, maybe she gets a primary from the delegates, but I don't see how she raises enough money to win that primary. Now, John Curtis, he went to convention when Jason Chaffetz resigned. And he only got 9% of the delegate votes. Um, so the only reason he's our congressman um, from Utah is because of his signatures uh, from four or five years ago. However, um, he is pretty popular in Utah County, um, even though he's run as a Democrat before and, and he's staked out a, you know a few positions that I would say are not extremely conservative, uh, extreme conservative positions. So I've talked to a few experts, because um, I, I, I started saying, after watching the Davis County convention results, were, which were very red meat, very kind of far right results, I thought John Curtis is in trouble. But I've talked to a few uh, politicos, and they say, oh, no, he'll get 40%. He'll be fine. Um, so Chris Harrod's on the ballot, and Chris has historically done well at convention and terrible um, in primaries. And then there's a third guy down there who I've heard is even more conservative than Chris Harrod. So if if I mean, one thing to watch for is, will will John Curtis get out of convention with no signatures? So the pundits say yes, I say he could be on that bubble, because I, I think these delegates yeah. are, are pretty far right. And and I don't know that Curtis checks all of their boxes. But John Curtis is a fabulous guy. I really like John Curtis. And I'm OK with his voting record, but I'm not, you know, the the <laughs> most far right uh, Republican in the state. But in, in any uh, event,
0: I, th- I think you're right. I mean, I, I am a delegate in Utah County, and so. I talk to these folks a lot. I, th- I think it's probably right that he's he can get forty percent. So if but you're asking me, nine and a half
1: money, percent, he's gone. He's out of yeah. Office. Right. I
0: mean, so you're, you're asking me to bet my own money. I would say yeah, he probably makes it, but it's pretty risky. That's what's interesting to me. Yeah, it's very risky. And uh, I hear all the time. I mean, all the time. And I, I go to events. Honestly, I've been going to events almost every night over the last like three weeks. And I hear all the time about his the fact that he organized that. Uh, cl- uh, republican climate caucus i mean which was incredibly smart because if the republican party
1: wants to be viable in 20 years that <laughs> means we have to have the kids who are in college today voting for us and being anti-global warming anti-climate change and i'm going to say it again anti-lgbt is not helping the republican party for the future and i'll just leave it at that
0: i mean be that uh, as it may uh when we're talking about the convention in 2022 yes <laughs> those I'm, I'm things don't sure help in 2022
1: helpful. but 2032 2042 <laughs> i think they will help
0: uh so one more note on utah county as long as we're talking about it um david levitt uh the former governor's brother is he's the current utah county attorney and he's running for re-election and he i th- i think i can say with confidence he's absolutely loathed by the delegates and. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm on, I'm on board with booting his his tail out too. I
1: think he's, he's, he's on a track to, 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 to lose the primary. I think he's collected signatures.
0: Yeah. So but he I, collected signatures. That's the thing is there's two challengers, one collected signatures, the other has not. And it, if both of them are on the ballot, then. There's a really good chance for the primary, there's a really good chance Levitt was able to pull it out, so, which would so be a the, real shame. But.
1: yeah, there is there was a debate uh in the Utah County attorney's attorney general race with David Levitt. There was a debate 10 days ago. Were you there, Corey? I wasn't there, but I've heard about it from several people. But he basically said into the microphone, I have my signature, so I don't care what you delegates think. Yes, yeah. So- and I mean that's just <laughs> <laughs> so you that's saying the quiet part out loud. So yeah, exactly.
0: Like, even if you feel that way, like, yeah. then why come? Why why yeah. come to the debate if that's, yeah. you know, to, not a to, good look. But bellies. you're right.
1: You're right. If all three of them are on the ballot, he he could eke out a win with like 40%, right? You know, the primary vote. Yeah. And he does have a, what I call a magic Utah name. You know, if your last name is Romney or Levitt or, you know, uh, Huntsman or whatever, that,
0: yeah. those, that helps. We have a couple more topics, but maybe we'll save one for next week. So, because uh, we're running short on time, let's finish with this one. We've talked about it already a little bit. Ben McAdams has had it has, and, uh, and Jenny Wilson have endorsed uh, McMullen. We know that. We've talked about that today and, and previously. But the interesting thing this week is uh, McAdams is having his position challenged as a delegate. Although I've since read that he's not actually a delegate. So maybe this isn't a moot issue. But in any case, there is some movement among probably the Kale Weston crowd and good for them, but uh, because the Democratic Party rules call for disciplinary action against any delegate who aids or endorses a candidate from another party, which makes a lot of sense. But Evan McMullin is not from another party. Which party is he from? I think, well, they, I, think I, I mean, that's a that. tech. That's a technicality. Oh, I know. I know. An independent but candidate. he's
1: but. But that's what the rule says, Corey, and Evan McMullen is not from another party. In fact, he has said that he won't caucus with either party, which, you know, if the moons align and uh, Evan McMullen wins and, and, and follows that pledge, that would be incredibly stupid because he would get no committee assignments. He, he... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think we all know he would he would likely caucus with the Republicans, right? Um, but I think he uh, should, I certainly don't know that. I mean, I think he'd probably caucus whoever's in charge.
0: So if it's a Democrat yeah, so probably or, car, or charge,
1: it, you know, if, if if somehow it was split, you know,
0: maybe he could be the deciding one. So, yeah, and you'd probably decide to the left is my guess. But um, I mean that you're right. OK, technically, it's not another part, but that sounds like a Bill Clinton. Like, what's the definition of is is, you know, <laughs> I hear but, you. But if they're making again, if he's not a delegate, it's it's a it's a mood issue. So this is, though, this is, I'm going to say this again, this is Democrats deciding not to compete. And you you got to think that it's not going to help them down ballot. I mean, if I was a House uh, legislature, uh, running for House legislature or the Senate, uh, Utah Senate, like, you can't be super excited about this, because you can't imagine no. it's going to help them. But but let me just play devil's advocate.
1: Um, the Democrats hate Mike Lee so much that they're willing to take a wishy washy former Republican over Kale Western Weston, who's a pretty, pretty liberal Democrat.
0: So that's how I read the tea leaves. Yeah, but I, I don't know. You, it, if I'm a Democrat and I'm looking at this, I'm like pretty disgusted by it. But in any case, um, do you think, let's, let's think of it from, instead of the Democrats position from, Mc, uh, from McAdams uh, himself. I mean, is, is this him trying to position himself for an independent run? You know, like maybe it's a pilot program. Or, you Uh, you know, um,
1: I don't know. I don't see it that way. I think this is McAdams trying to trying to give uh, Evan McMullen the best shot at beating Mike Lee that I I think I I don't know that I read more into it than that. Um, I'm friends with Ben McAdams. I talked to him a couple weeks ago, not about this, but I served in the Senate with him. I worked at the same law firm with him. Um, Ben knows and he's known for a long time that he cannot win a statewide race. Um, and so winning Jim Matheson's old seat was like his his moonshot. And he won it once and, and he lost it the second time to Burgess. And I think Burgess Owens is is easily
0: going to be reelected, even though he has a signature yeah. candidate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Ben McAdams might might take the take a look at Pete Buttigieg and follow that model. You know, Buttigieg was mayor of a city that's about the same size.
1: It's smaller um, than
0: Salt Lake. It's smaller yeah. than Salt Lake. Oh, much smaller. It's only a hundred thousand. Yeah. It's smaller than West Valley. Yeah. So
1: it's uh, it's about the same size as Orem. And now he's he's a leading contender to be the Democratic nominee for president in twenty twenty four. Yeah. Mostly so because he skips,
0: his, in Indiana he had no chance whatsoever yeah, of winning. Like statewide. mostly
1: because so. of his sexual orientation. I mean, that's where yeah. he, he's gotten oh, all of his
0: name publicity off of that. Yeah yeah so, but he ran i mean he, he made his name by running for democratic chair of the uh the dnc democratic yeah. national committee so maybe that's a route for, for me and God let him. me just say pete Buttigieg is pretty articulate
1: he's a good speaker um seems like a nice person uh seems like a good father since he took a two month uh leave uh when he adopted children during yeah, you know left th- his job the, the, the supply chain crisis but in any event um you know, he, as far as human beings go, Pete Buttigieg, I haven't met him, seems like a pretty nice person. Uh, I have regardless.
0: met him. I when uh, cause I worked for a Senator from Indiana and I actually had, uh, I guess this is my claim to fame. Pete Buttigieg bought me, uh, a donut or something at, uh, at, which at goes into my theory there.
1: that he's a nice guy.
0: Yeah, he is super nice. And I, I liked him and it, he was, I mean, he was, he was, it was a fun conversation. Yeah. But I mean, certainly he's like, Ultimately, in his soul, he's Elizabeth Warren left progressive. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. But I'm just saying, if I had to get stuck in an elevator with um, with um, a number of national politicians, he would not be the lowest on my list. In fact, he would be above some Republicans I know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll finish
0: on that note. All right, thanks, Thanks, Cory. We'll see you next week. See you next week.